The message you are listening to is recorded by Campus Outreach for the 2019 Campus Outreach New Year's Conference. More information about Campus Outreach New Year's Conference can be found at conycnd.com. Everybody good? All right, that's good. I'm excited to be back, you guys. I'm excited to be back. Uh, I feel like we had fun this morning. Y'all enjoy the workshops and everything? Y'all enjoy the workshop? Get some, some dating advice out there? Uh, somebody catch a little boo thing, you know, man. Somebody break up with their boyfriend today, man, you know. That's normally how I go down here, y'all, man. All right. I'm excited to be out here today. Again, just to remind y'all, I got three things I try to accomplish every time I walk on stage. First, we glorify God that we know him just a little bit more. Second, I want y'all to laugh. I want y'all to uh, enjoy uh, yourself. I want you to have a little fun. And I want somebody to pee on themselves. So I'm still working on that, y'all. And then the third one is this one right here. If somebody going to cry, it's this one. So uh, I'm looking. Even though it was like bright as a mug, but uh, I'm looking for y'all. Every time I do a talk, I got a song just to, just to serenade your heart, you know, just get you right, get you in the right mood. Uh, who like um, Maroon 5, y'all? Who like Maroon 5? I love me Maroon 5, boy. Boy, I love me Maroon 5, y'all. Uh, she will be love and all that good stuff. Who like memories? And is there anybody out there that would like to come to the stage that really can't sing? I, I don't need you to volunteer nobody. I need somebody to volunteer themselves. I need somebody to volunteer themselves that's willing to come to the front. All you got to do is raise your hand. Let's go, girl. I see you raise your hand. I don't know your name, but I'm feeling it. You've been practicing. Just go ahead and come around to the stage. All right, so today we're going to be talking about, oh, girl, well, watch yourself. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> Don't make it up on the song. <laughs> all right, just go in there and grab, grab one of them, grab one of them. All right, check and see the mic work. Check and see the mic work. What's your name? McCall. McCall? Yeah. I like that right there. I like that. So, again, my sister just got in front of a thousand people to sing a song that I just randomly selected from the audience. All I ask that if you like this song and you know this song, that you sing along with her. Hey, this song, like, it's a good one, okay? And after this, we're going to talk about it a little bit more. So, DJ, hit that track. Everybody hurts sometimes. Everybody hurts someday. Hey, hey. Everything going to be all right. Don't raise a glass and say, hey. Here's to the ones that we got to the wish you were here, but you're not Cause the dreams bring back all the memories Of everything we've been through Toast to the ones every day Toast to the ones that we lost on the way Cause the dreams bring back all the memories And the memories bring back, memories bring back Memories bring back, memories bring back you Oh, y'all yeah, sing along. Let's go. Memories bring back, memories bring back you. Okay. Give it up, boy. Hey, I love that cut right there. I appreciate you. I appreciate you, though. I appreciate you. Um, One of my favorites. I listened to that mother probably about 100 times in the last two weeks, y'all. Because I had to prepare to talk, but boy, it speaks to my soul. 
Uh, when y'all hear that song, anybody feel like, man, I connect with it. It's not just a good beat. It's not just a good little tune. But it's like, man, it's some people in my life that, man, when I just think about them, man, bring back some memories. And they're not here no more. Just raise your hands like, hey, man, I think about that. And I kind of get sad and all the good stuff. I'm going to tell you about somebody in my life. Got a picture right here. It's Daryl, man. This is me and Daryl growing up. It's not really, though, but that's the best picture. I got a two little black boys. That's, a, that's the best picture I can do. My mama, my mama sent me a picture of me and Daryl when we were little, and it wasn't good quality, y'all, man. So I needed a good quality of two black boys. So I Googled it, you know. Uh, no big deal. But on a serious note, this is me and Daryl. Let's roll with that. Daryl was literally my best friend. We grew up together. We did everything together. I'm talking about we was within months apart. Our, parents, our mothers was best friends. Daryl was my cousin. He really wasn't my cousin, but he was my cousin. Like, literally, they told us that from birth. We took baths together. We went to school together. We did everything together. Daryl was better than me in everything, literally. Basketball, football, fighting. He used to beat me up every week. But he was my best friend. Like, he was the brother that I always wanted. He always had my back, though. Daryl made me a tougher guy. If Daryl wasn't in my life, I would be a little punk. Um, he got me right. Um, I, people would be like, oh, yeah, Tony, man, you from the hood, though, right? He's like, nah, don't get this wrong. I lived in the hood. Like, I, I ain't hood, you know what I mean? Daryl was hood, y'all, like, <laughs> like, for real. I remember we were out playing basketball at the um, school yard, and I'm out with my sisters and my, um, my nephew, and we playing ball, and this dude come up and grab a ball. I was like, dang. Man, you already know what I mean. He's just trying to pick a fight. It's like, hey, man, you can just go to play with this. And he took the ball and just started walking on. I was like, dang. It's like, hey, bro, give us our ball back. And he came back. And this boy in St. Louis, this cat say, hey, hey, we all we got. And cats just start coming out of everywhere, y'all, man. It was like, man, we in the wrong place. And he just called his homeboy. They beat the crap out of us, though. Like, literally, it's me, my sister, and my nephew. We running home down the street. They beat our butt, y'all. Like, no joke. I get home. I'm pissed. I'm like mad. I'm like, man, I hate living in this neighborhood, man. I want to go to my good old school out in the suburbs because I hate this stuff right here. And Daryl, he's like, hey, what they look like? Like, who was it? I was like, hey, man, I think this dude Alex from school, man. He called his homeboys. I seen him. Like, Daryl packed up his stuff. He walked down the street, man. And he was a part of their gang anyway. He said, hey, man, don't touch my family again. He always had my back. Like, always, y'all. Um, I became a Christian. I told y'all 14 years ago I came to this conference, and I came back home. I remember getting my whole family together in the kitchen like, hey, I think I want to do this Christian thing and all of that. I came back a couple of um, months later for the spring break. I decided to do the summer project. Some of you guys may have heard about that yesterday. And, dude, it changed my life. And I come back home for spring break, just my freshman year. And I come up to the crib. My grandma's like, hey, Tony, I'm so proud of you. Uh, you, you. You following Jesus. I support you no matter what you do. But I told a few people in the neighborhood about um, this opportunity that you have, uh, and it's great. And I, I see Daryl pull up. Daryl got, got this car. We 18 years old. He got this nice ride, y'all, man. He got like 26 rims and everything. It's like ice cream paint job. I'm like, oh, shoot. Daryl ain't go to college, though. I'm at Southeast Missouri State um, trying to learn something so I can get some money. Daryl had money at the time. He pull up. He said, like, hey, come on, hop in. I get in the car, and Daryl said, hey. Um, you're going out to this summer project, right, um, this little mission trip. I was like, yeah, yeah. He said, I got you. I was like, what you mean you got me? 
it cost like $1,800. He's like, Tony, I got you. Don't worry about it. You my, you my dude. I'm like, for real? So I remember getting out of the car. I'm like, yeah, God provide for real. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I called, I called Stu, bald head, white dude from Kentucky, you know. And I said, hey, Stu, hey, my cousin, you, we sent out these letters like you told me to. You told me that God would provide, and he did it. Hey, my cousin Daryl said he got me. You know what I mean? He said, Tony, what's the big deal? He got me. I said, hey. Hey, Daryl, Daryl's a drug dealer, bro. Like, like, it ain't no way that, like, can I use drug money to pay for my mission trip? <laughs> like, and Stu, he never gave me any good answer other than, hey, read your Bible and pray about it. You know, so I read about it and pray. <laughs> I share this story because Daryl always had my back. And he passed away. I'm on a summer project and my mother called me. She said, hey, Tony, Daryl got shot 18 times. And he gone. And I remember at that moment, I was like, man, I remember, I get the chills now. I get that moment. And I was like, man, God has put a lot of people in my life for a reason. And, man, I want to be a person to take the gospel to them. Like, he put him in my life for a reason I want to take the gospel to, to people. I was sad and disappointed, but you are the watchman and the watchwoman uh, in people's lives. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, let's pray. Dear God, we just come to you today. God, we thank you for what you're doing in every last one of our lives. God, I just pray that, that you reveal yourself to every last one of us. Let us know who the people you put in our lives so we can be faithful with sharing the love of Jesus Christ with. But also, God, um, I pray that some of us walk away and realize that we haven't received that, that love that you're offering. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. My talks will always be simple. I'm down to three points this time. The ABCs of a watchman. So the A is the assignment. The B is the business, and the C is the calling. That's all we got for today. It's going to be shorter than yesterday, I mean, earlier this morning. So A, assignment, B is the business, and C is the calling. We're going to go through Ezekiel together, dissecting them um, one by one. So Ezekiel 33, 7, we're talking about the assignment. Now, son of man, I am making you a watchman for the people of Israel. Therefore, listen to what I say and warn them for me. This is taking place in the Old Testament. And back in the day, you, you would get up in the tower and you're supposed to look out. You're supposed to be on guard. And there was always a watchman who looked out. And when the enemy was supposed to come, you're supposed to ring the bell. You're supposed to blow the horn. You're supposed to let people know that danger is coming. So this is what the passage is talking about. So every last one of us, man, God has put people in your life. And you're supposed to loudly proclaim that danger is coming. I got a couple of stories, man, of just a, on an earthly setting of how important it is to warn people uh, when danger is coming. I think about my, my sister friend. I remember one night my mother was like, hey, can you take her home? And, like, they called me the man of the house, y'all, man. So I'm the man of the house. So my mama say, hey, take the girl home. It's about 10 o'clock at night. I do it, you know. And then my daddy gave me some more advice. He said, hey, Tony, you live in the hood. Don't get gas at nighttime. Like, and whoever rides shotgun, don't fall asleep and always shotgun this person in the passenger seat. Always be on alert and ready to go. So I got in the car and I see that the tank is on E. My mama got to go to work like 5 o'clock in the morning, 10 o'clock at night. I'm like, I'm a man of the house. I'm not going to put gas in the car before I drop her off. So I pull up to the gas station. I'm at the gas station. I'm walking over to the cash register. I'm giving my little $5 because $5 is 
get you four back in the day, you know what I mean? You know, come back to the core. And all of a sudden, man, I see a dude with a machete, y'all. And, like, I'm telling y'all, like, I'm, I'm gangster, you know what I mean? Like, I'm the man of the house. I be waiting for these moments. Like, like to this day, I still be waiting for the moment that I get to show the world that I'm that dude. You know what I mean? This is my moment right here. He got his machete. He come to me say, give me all you got. And I say, I ain't got nothing. <laughs> I ain't got nothing. Like, like I'll punk out. I'll tinkle for myself a little bit. You know, like, scared out of my mind. This is a dude with a machete. All of a sudden, the person's cash ready, cocked their shotgun, and he ran off. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm, like, trembling a little bit. And I'm getting back in the car like, oh, my gosh. I almost lost my life. My sister friend was sitting in the passenger seat. She was the shotgun at the time. And she said, whew, Tony. That was the close one. And she said, I seen everything, Tony. She said, I seen him when he pulled out the machete out of the little thing you washed the car on, the windshield with. And then I seen him just wait there for like three minutes. I seen everything, Tony. And I'm like, why you ain't blow the horn or nothing? She said, I was just scared. And I was like, man, girl, get out of my car. You can walk home now. You know what I mean? Like, like I, was, I was trembling. But she just sat in the car. She saw everything. And she ain't, she ain't do nothing. She ain't write with her makeup on the window. She ain't blow the horn. She ain't put that mug in neutral and just roll out of spot. She ain't give me no signs. She just sat there and watched. If you want to be a faithful watchman, you got to know the assignment. And the assignment is to blow the horn. It's the, it's the yell and proclaim that, man, danger is coming. Change your direction. So that's that right there. The B is the business. If I announce that some wicked person are sure to die and you fail to tell them to change their way and they will die for their sins, but I will hold you responsible for their death. That's real right there. That's one of the realest passages in the Bible. He say, then they will die for their sin and I will hold you responsible for their death. It's like, dang, God. Like, that's kind of that's radical, you know. But it is a reality that, man, we all kind of understand it on a, on a deep earthly level. I'm riding with my wifey. Well, she wasn't my wife. She's my girlfriend at the time. We're driving back from Memphis to Cape Girardeau, southeast Missouri State, 55, you know. Her mother is in the back seat. You know, I got my little Pontiac. And we swerving on the highway, going about 70 miles an hour, you know, the speed limit. We just driving, and a car just zoom passes. And we going 70, and I'm talking about like zoom passing. Like my car shake a little bit, the rocks are starting to hit the windshield. I'm like, ding, like he moving. I turn back to my mother-in-law like, oh, shoot, he moving. Like I like fast cars, you know, like, like he flew past. I'm going 70, and he like flew past me. And I'm like, ding. And my wife, like, oh, my, well, girlfriend at the time, like, oh, my gosh, honey, like, calm down. Literally, within three minutes, we pull up because it was getting off the highway, and the dude crashed into the, um, the light pole, and he flew outside of his car to the other side of the road, and he out there, and we're the first people to get there. This is my moment, y'all. I get to be a hero. I get to be that dude, Tony man, the dude of the house, you know what I mean? Like, I'm that guy. Growing up, I was like, man, I might want to be a Navy SEAL. I want to join the Marines or something. Like, like I just long for that. Like, I want to be a firefighter. I want to be a hero. So we pull up. I say, hey, baby, 
call the police. Hey, um, future mother-in-law, stop crying like a little girl. Like, it, she out there crying. Like, we don't even know the dude. Like, like this ain't about emotions. This is our time to shine. You know what I mean? He laying out on the court. He's bleeding. He got um, glass all over him. And then I'm walking over. My wife, she calling the police. I look over, and it's like, it's leaking. Like the core leaking, and then you start seeing the flame come. And a lady come out of the place like, hey, somebody running there, to, um, get the keys out the core. My moment. And I see them uh, leaking, and then I see the flame going. It's like, oh. I'm still just thinking like, oh, I'm not sure about this yet. A little old small white lady, y'all, came out of nowhere and grabbed the keys out of the core so the core ain't blow up. And I was like, dang, man, I missed my moment. I was like, dang, what can I do next, man? I'm trying to be a hero. So, you know, I get out there and we try to stop the traffic, you know, telling people to run over the dude. And then somebody's like, hey, somebody like touch him and roll him over, see if he's okay. And he bleeding everywhere. It's all like blood. I'm like, oh, shoot. Like, do I get to turn this man or not? I'm like, oh, nah, I can't do that either, you know. Like, man, I was just punking out. However, I did understand in my mind, man, you see somebody in need, man, you got to do something. It's like, I didn't know the man. I mean, I wasn't emotionally connected to the dude. But if I would have just drove by like, dang, bro, you shouldn't have been going that fast and kept going about my business, we always say, hey, Tony, you are wrong in that situation. And God is saying the same thing. And God is setting it up. That man, every last one of us who truly do believe in Jesus Christ and their Lord and Savior is invited into the family of God. Man, you're supposed to take ownership of God's kingdom. I remember I became a Christian January 1st, 2016. And then in May 2000, um, the, I guess May 2006, I went to the summer project. On the summer project, man, I learned how to share my faith. We was getting this gospel conversation with all people. I was scared out of my mind, but I, I learned to share the bridge diagram. I learned to share the lordship diagram. I learned these things. And I got at the end of that summer, I was like, man, I want to I wanna put this to work when I get back on campus. I get back to campus, I became an RA. And I remember, how many of y'all like um, Facing the Giants, the movie? You know, the little movie, Facing the Giants, see some hands out there? Christian movies suck, y'all, man. That was so corny acting, though. But, 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 but. Uh, there was a scene in there, old white dude praying for the, um, the football team. Christian movies don't suck. I was just doing it to exactly create some tension in your heart. But old white dude walking down the hall, and he's praying on every locker. He's like, God, please bless Adam. God, please bless James. God, please bless. I was like, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to RA before everybody comes. So I'm playing over the rooms. Like, hey, God, please bless the dude in 102. I don't know who he is, but God, give me an opportunity to um, share Jesus Christ with him. Hey, God, bless the dude in um, 302, whatever he is, and, and please provide the opportunity to share with him. And I decided that, hey, I'm a sophomore. I've only been in the faith for about nine months at this point. That every dude who showed up to my floor, I'm going to share the, um, the gospel with him. And I was like, God, I'm, I, I just want to get in the game. I understand this is the business that those who aren't part of your family are supposed to be a part of. Nine months in the faith. And by the end of that year, y'all, man, it was about six guys professed faith in Jesus Christ. I ain't know nothing. Like, like I've only been a Christian nine months, y'all. All I did was just get in the game and just share Jesus Christ with dudes. And the funny thing is, I was like, man, campus I is white as all get out. I'm going back to campus. I'm going to lead all the black dudes to Christ. Like, I'm about to get in the game. We about to, we about to take over. <laughs> man, I had one black dude on my dorm floor. That dude's name was David. And he hated me, boy. 
So that means I lay a dog on six white dudes to Christ. I'm like, what the crap am I supposed to do with this, you know? <laughs> they become my best friends and all that good stuff to this day. But even early in the game, I didn't know anything. But I had a testimony, and I shared it with them. And I had a bridge diagram that I learned because I decided to make a lordship decision to go on a summer project. And God used me. That's what we're calling this for. I joke about the Christian thing because I'm rough around the edges and all that. But Facing the Giant was a good movie. But what's really good is when you hear atheists talk about uh, sharing their faith or why Christians should share their faith. So I got this video right here. It's uh, Penn and, well, Taylor and Penn. And he's an atheist and he's talking about, man, if you are a Christian, how you should respond to sharing the gospel. Go ahead and play that. And I've always said, you know, that I, I don't respect people who don't proselytize. I don't respect that at all. If you believe that there's a heaven and hell and people could be going to hell or not getting eternal life or whatever, and you think that, uh, well, it's not really worth telling them this because it would make it socially awkward. And atheists who think that people shouldn't proselytize, just leave me alone, keep your religion to yourself. Uh, how much do you have to hate somebody to not proselytize? How much do you have to hate somebody to believe that everlasting life is possible and not tell them that? I mean, if I believed beyond a shadow of a doubt that a truck was coming at you and you didn't believe it, but that truck was bearing down on you, there's a certain point where I tackle you. And this is more important than that. So my dude, an atheist to this day, who understand it, man, if you are saying that Jesus Christ is the only way to eternal life, and you don't tell people, how much do you have to hate that person to not tell them about the most precious thing in the world? From an atheist, he's just saying, if this is true, then your action should be this. I mean, that's what we're talking about, the business of being in the game and the child of God, a faithful watchman. And the last point that I just want to hit on. It's the watchman's calling. But if you warn them to repent and they don't repent, they will die in their sin. But you will have saved yourself. God is making it clear. It's not about the result. Like, he's saying, it's your part of your calling is just to be faithful and deliver the message. He's saying, if they don't repent, you're good to go. It was about my junior year. I got a job at Macy's, and it was this dude at Macy's, man. It was literally a dude I looked up to, one of the black guys on campus, man. He was like the president of the fraternity on campus. Uh, all the ladies love him. He wear a polo every day, just a cool dude, lying and straight every day. Like, just, just a dude you would look up to if you're a young guy on campus. And I was working with him at Macy's, and our discipleship group of all the guys who became Christian on campus, I mean, we was a bunch of just, just, dumb, wannabe warriors for Christ type of guys. And, and we was like, hey, every week we're sharing the gospel and, and you pick the most, like the scariest person on campus and you share with them. And I picked this dude. And I was like, man, and I punked out the first week. And then I punked out the second week. And we get to the group and say, hey, Tony, don't come back to this group time until you share with that dude, okay? We don't, we don't got no punks in this group, you know. Just do it because you don't want to be a punk. Forget about Jesus, you know. I'm like, yeah, man, I hear y'all, man, I hear y'all. So I get to, I get to work, we're out there folding some, some clothes, and 
he come over to me. He's like, hey, Tony. It was a girl that walked by. He's like, hey, hey, she fine, ain't it? You'll hit that, right? I was like, I'm in love with a man. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was my response because I knew I had to go. And then I was like, dang, I just told him I love with a man. I was like, hey, that man is Jesus Christ who died on the cross with your sins, and I love him, man. <laughs> I was like, I was like, hey, it's like, I gotta go now. There's no turning back, you know. That was on like one of the uh, 116 songs back in the back in the uh, day. It's like, man, I'm a lower man in the sky up high or something like that. But I punked out. But I was like, I gotta go now, you know. This guy, right after that, he said, "Dang, man, I didn't know that you was a believer." It's like Tony, man, can I be honest with you? It's like, yeah, be honest. He said, "Man, they just asked me to be the youth minister at my church uh, last week, and dude, my my life, man, it's far from God right now." And I feel like, man, I was just going to say yell yeah to them because of, um, because they asked and I didn't want to let people down. But, man, I've been watching your life. And, man, I knew it was something different, man. And, man, this is just evidence that, man, I shouldn't accept that position. I was like, dang, bro. <laughs> like, yeah, you probably shouldn't, though, you know. <laughs> you probably shouldn't. It's not about the results. It's about just being faithful. You never know what God is going to do. I don't know if he became a Christian or not. But, man, God was already using my relationship with him to lead him somewhere. But I also got another uh, scenario just about the fact that you're just called to do it. It's not really just called about the results. I, I kind of I like sharing my faith a little bit. I get nervous. I get a little scared. I mean, every time. But it, it reminds me back in the day when I played sports, right before the game, you get a little antsy, you get a little nervous. But then it's like once you do it, you just, you just in the game, you know what I mean? Like, so I was with a couple of guys on our summer project one year and – um, two little white dudes, you know, man. Um, and I'm like, they looking up at me, hey, Tony, Tony supposed to be a beast of sharing his faith. It's like, yeah, I'm a beast of sharing my faith. You know, cocky and everything. Pride boys all get out. So we walk down to downtown Disney, and we get out there. And just like I learned in my discipleship group, just find a dude that you feel like the most toughest dude around and go share with him, you know. So we seen two dudes over there, look like just, just basketball players. Look like they smoking a little weed or something, you know. You know, that, that's my type of dude anyway, you know. So to them, they terrified. To me, it's like, hey, that's probably my cousin. No big deal, you know. Um, so I walk over, start talking to him a little bit, bring up the gospel. We talking back and forth and everything. But all of a sudden, they just went like this. Dude, they mama came, they grandma came, they uncle came, they daddy came. It was like, dude, y'all having a family reunion out here? And they all start coming. They start circling around us, y'all. And, and they were serious about what they believed. These were Jehovah Witnesses. And they start eating your boy alive. Boy, I didn't know what was going on. I'm like, hey, look at this verse right here. They's like, no, look at this verse right here. And I was like, I'm like, oh, man, that ain't even in my Bible. What's, what's that right there? <laughs> like, and dude, I'm like, hey, you got, it, it's clear that we're not going to agree. So we're just going to just go about our business. These cats got up on the little, the little, the little table and start chanting, we won, we won, we won, like loud as a mug. And I got two dudes with me that's like sweating, turning red. I'm like, oh, my gosh, what the heck did we get ourselves into? So I'm not telling you to, to get into this and be prideful about your calling and things like that because I got embarrassed that day. But I went back home that, um, well, I guess we went to the hotel. I stayed up all night. I didn't sleep that night. I read everything about Jehovah's Witness that night. Dude, I read every apologetic book and everything. I was like, dude. The next time I get this opportunity, I'm going to be equipped to deliver um, the word of God in a way that's efficient and effective. And then I repent it for being prideful as all get out. And I'm pretty sure that's why God exposed me to those. 
uh, people. Man, we're called to do this. And it's not about the result. This is one of my favorite um, quotes right here by my boy C.H. Hans Spurgeon. If sinners will be damned, at least let them leap to hell over our bodies. And if they will perish, let them perish with our arms around their knees, begging them to stay. If hell must be full, at least let it be full with the teeth of our work. And let not one go there unworn and unprayed for. I mean, that's the prayer of my life. And the reality of it is, y'all, man, there's a lot of people that, man, this is not true for the people that God has allowed to be in my life. And just flip to the next slide. And I'll continue to share the rest of that story with Daryl. So, Daryl said, hey, Tony, hop in the car. Nice. Car, 26 rims. Got the chain, got the grill, balling. He say, hey, I hear um, that you're serious about this faith. I know you want to go on this mission trip. I got you. I got you. Say, hey, Tony, tell me more. And this is what I said. I say, hey, um, you know, um, like, mama and them, they, they was right. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, that, yeah, they was right. I'm just going to go, you know. I punked out. I punked out. And months later, Daryl got shot and killed. I had my moment to tell him about the love of Jesus Christ. And I punked out. Somebody that God put in my life since birth that I was supposed to, to love and to show him the way. And I punked out. Hey, I don't know where Daryl is at. Because I don't know who go to heaven and who go to hell. I'm not God. But it's one thing I do absolutely know that would. If Daryl is in heaven when I get up there, he ain't going to be thanking me. He ain't going to be thanking me. He ain't going to say, hey, Tony, man, thank you so much, man, for being a great friend. He ain't going to be saying, hey, Tony, thank you so much, man, for being a ride or die. I had your back all, my, all your life. He ain't going to be thanking me. He's going to be thanking somebody else. He's going to be like, hey, <laughs> thank you, Jesus Christ saves. Man, I pray that not to be true for y'all. But as I share this, I want us to get the heart and the desire behind why we do what we do if we want to be faithful. Um, Ezekiel 33, 11 says, as surely as I live, says the sovereign Lord, so this is God talking, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked people. I only want them to turn from their wicked ways so that they can live. Turn, turn from their wicked ways, O people of Israel. Why should you die? Jesus Christ died on the cross because of man. God does not take any pleasure that anybody go to hell. And I know you probably heard, man, heaven and hell all your life. But this right here is all throughout the Bible. God does not desire that anyone shall perish. That's why he sent his son. And people ask that question, oh, man, what about the people in Iraq who grew up in Muslim families? That's why Mac went. Like people ask about, man, what about all the people in China? It's a girl out there named April. That's why she went. Because, man, we get to give this message to people. We get to be watchmen. Dude, man, I just pray that y'all just understand that our loving God who created everybody in this image has a desire to draw all of them back into a relationship with him. And it says, this is eternal life that you may know the one and only true God. I just want to have a relationship with you. And that's what heaven is all about. It's about being with the Lord. So every last one of y'all who will believe us and truly do trust in Jesus Christ, God has put you in that family for a reason. He put you in that sorority, that, that, that athletic team. 
He put you in that little friend click for a reason. Not to be the Jesus freak, but be a person that, man, that's willing to do whatever it takes for those around you to experience the love of Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Dear God, we just come to you today. God, we thank you for your love and your mercy. God, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for the being the ultimate watchman, for coming down and providing everything necessary for us to have a relationship with God. We thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Campus Outreach. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for these copies or alter the content in any way without written permission from Campus Outreach. For more information, we invite you to visit us online at conyc.com.